welcome back to the Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary. Today, I want to talk about Nikola Jokic winning the NBA MVP award, Clippers Jazz Game 1, and the Brooklyn Nets' domination of the Milwaukee Bucks in the second round so far. Let's get started talking about Nikola Jokic and his amazing accomplishment. So if you didn't know, yesterday it was announced that Nikola Jokic has officially won the 2020-2021 NBA MVP. This is an incredible accomplishment for him. Um, This is the first time he's ever won the MVP award. He had a great season, and I'm just really proud of everything he's done this year. He had an incredible regular season, Um, and it it was it just was a a, a joy to watch him play this year. Um, I don't know if you know this, but he is the second second round pick to ever win this award. The first since Willis Reed. That's awesome. Um, He was incredible this year, and I and. I don't know, um, and this isn't really being talked about a lot, but this is one of the best seasons we've ever seen in the history of the NBA. And not just for a center, for any player, no matter what their position is. This was a historic season, and that's not being talked about a lot. But without further ado, let's go ahead and look at the numbers. So this season, he averaged 28.3 points, 11.6 rebounds, and 8.9 assists per 75 possessions, while putting up a true shooting percentage of 64.7%. His shooting splits were unbelievable this year. He had a, uh, he shot 38.8% from three, 60.6% from two, and 86.8% from the free throw line. His shooting was unreal, and he combined amazing outside shooting with all-time great level passing. He had an assist rate of 40.4% and a turnover rate of 13.1%, both are career best, and he was surprisingly a positive defender. He didn't rack up a bunch of steals and blocks, but he was a very good defensive rebounder and was a positive defender by virtually every single impact metric. Um, Let's go ahead and look at those impact metrics. He had a 2.5 defensive box plus minus, according to basketball reference, a .61 LeBron. And LeBron is a a single number metric um, that kind of, it tries to measure how impactful a player is on their team success. Um, gives you, and I, I, I believe that it is a, um, that it gives you a, the amount of points a player contributes to their team uh, per 100 possessions. Um, and then you look at his DEPM, he had a DEPM of 1.1, that's 83rd percentile, and all these numbers that I'm spitting out are publicly publicly available. If you want to see what LeBron is, you can look at bballindex.com, and if you want to look at EPM, that is on ducksandthrees.com, very good metrics. Uh, was Jokic the best player on the best team this year? No. But he was the most impactful player in the league. He had a box plus minus of 11.7. That means he had an all-time great season. Um, He led the league in win shares with 15.6. He led the league in win shares per per 48 minutes with .301. He also was first in uh, value over replacement level player at at 8.6. He was first in LeBron at 6.83. And he was first in, in EPM with 7.9. Simply put, Nikola Jokic was the most impactful player in the league this season. And it wasn't really close. Um, he had the best passing season of all time for a center. According to my passing metric, I have a metric that looks at box score metrics. Um, and, and according to that metric, 
he had the best season of all time, or the best passing season for a center. Um, he w- he had the eighth highest single season BPM, second highest for a center behind David Robinson. Um, and this was an all-time great season for an all-time great player. Um, and you know, looking at the numbers, um, Jokic is probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and, and this and this accolade will only help his case. I know a lot of people um, don't seem to not want to give Jokic credit for this. I was watching a clip from Undisputed where Nick Wright, you know, he, he's been arguing for Chris Paul to win the MVP award. Other people were, you know, they were saying, you know, what a great season Jokic had. But you could tell that they, they were arguing for other people. They wanted someone else to win. And I don't really understand why. Um, I don't understand why we can't just say, you know, Jokic had a great season, and he deserved to win this award. Um, I And I know other people were injured, like oh, Joel Embiid missed a lot of time. James Harden missed a lot of time. There were a lot of players that missed time with injury this year, and, and that hurt their case. But Jokic did not win this award because other players got injured. He won this award because he was the best player during the regular season. Even if Joel Embiid would have played the entire regular season, Jokic still may have won. That's how good he was. He was simply the best performing player during the regular season, and that's what the MVP award is for. That's what Wikipedia, that's the definition Wikipedia has for it. Um, And I like that, that definition. Wikipedia, let me actually look that up. Let me look up um, NBA MVP award on Google, and let me read off what um, what the definition is according to Wikipedia. I got it right here. So, Wikipedia says, The National Basketball Association Most Valuable Player Award is an annual National Basketball Association award given since the 1955-56 season to the best performing player of the regular season. And I think that is a good definition. And I think that is a good criteria to go by. I know a lot of people over the last couple of years have been wondering, should it go to the most valuable player, the most impactful player, or should it go to the best player that season? I think it should be a combination. I think it should go to the best performing player within reason. Um, and, and when you look at stats, when you look at impact metrics, when you look at seeding, I don't think seeding matters all that much. Um, you know, winning does matter, but I care more about if a player is driving winning. Now, if a player's team is has the one seed, that's great, but I want to know if that player was the reason why they were winning. And Jokic drove winning unlike any player this year. Um, and his stats are great. Uh, I already laid out all his numbers. He was totally deserving of winning this award. I know a lot of him, a lot, I've seen people um, argue for Chris Paul. And look, I love Chris Paul. I have nothing against Chris Paul as a basketball player. He's a great player. And, you know, he's, he's coming off a great game one against the Denver Nuggets where he played extremely well. However, you cannot argue that Chris Paul should have won the NBA MVP award based off any based off of reality. Um, if your argument cannot be based off reality, if you're arguing for Chris Paul to be the MVP, because he simply does has he simply has no argument 
to win the MVP award this year. He didn't. Um, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't the best player. He wasn't the most impactful player. And I know a lot of people are saying, "Well, the Suns turned it around. They they were uh, one of the best teams in the Western Conference because of Chris Paul." And yes, I think Chris Paul played a big part in that. But just saying that Chris Paul was the reason overlooks a lot of factors that led to the Phoenix Suns being one of the best teams in the league this year. Um, you know, Mike, Michael Bridges played extremely well this season. Cameron Payne played well. Devin Booker was awesome. DeAndre Ayton came into his own this year. He's been awesome this season. And although Chris Paul was good this year, and he played a big part in the Phoenix Suns being the two seed this year, he wasn't the most impactful player in the league this, this season. He wasn't the best performing. There were a, a bunch of players that deserved this award more than Chris Paul. In fact, I wouldn't have voted. Chris Paul would not have been top three on my ballot. I would have voted Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Stephen Curry ahead of him. And I think the fact that he got two first place votes is ridiculous. Chris Paul didn't deserve to be voted for this award. Um, there, there was no argument for him. There was no stats, no metrics that, that say he was deserving of this award. And he definitely did not deserve to win this award over Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo and even Stephen Curry. Those guys were all better options for this award um, than Chris Paul. Um, and, and I, I know I, I'm sounding really negative right now. Chris Paul had a good season. He was great. Um, I just don't think he was deserving of this award. Winning MVP is a huge honor. We cannot take this lightly. We cannot just vote anyone to win this award. Uh, we have to hold uh, high standards for this award. You have to be awesome to win this award. And I just don't think Chris Paul was good enough. I don't think um, I don't think his stats were great. I don't think he didn't rank high in impact metrics. And for that reason. I'm not, I'm not going to say that he was deserving of this award. I don't think there was an argument. Now, let's move forward. Uh, move, let's go ahead and talk about the Jazz defeating the Clippers in Game 1 of the second round. That was last night. Um, this was a very interesting game. But I want to start off talking about Donovan Mitchell and what a performance he had. He had a superstar performance in Game 1. He dropped 45 points, 3 rebounds, and 5 assists, along with 2 stocks. Um, and he had a, a true shooting percentage of 67.1%. Um, he had a ton of difficult shots, and he took over the game as a scorer, especially in the second half. Um, his 32-point second half was absolutely incredible. And this was a wild game. The Clippers were actually up 60-47 to at halftime. The Jazz ended up winning, but the Clippers were up at halftime 60-47, to and Luke Kennard, of all people, was their leading scorer after two quarters. The Jazz simply couldn't hit shots in the first half, while the Clippers were on fire from three, shooting 47.8% from downtown. Now, the second half was a completely different story, um, as the Jazz shot 43.5% from three, while the Los Angeles Clippers shot 26.3% from three. The Jazz outlasted the Clippers, despite being down 13 at the half, and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George playing well in the second half. Um, Mohan Bogdanovich, he played well. He scored 18 points on 58.7% true shooting. And, you know, it came down to the wire at the end of this game. The, the Clippers actually had a chance to tie the game at the end, um, but Reggie Jackson missed a, missed a shot in the corner. It was contested. 
Um, and they ended up losing the game. Shout out to Avika Zubak. He had a big game here. He had 11 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists to go along with 3 blocks. And he had a true shooting percentage of 68.1%. Paul George really struggled this game. He had 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 assists, but his efficiency was terrible. He had a true shooting percentage of 46.7%. That's not very good. Kawhi Leonard was okay. He wasn't great. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where this series goes from here. I don't think Rudy Gobert was great either. Um, he had, he, his efficiency wasn't great. He had a, I think his true shooting percentage was 50% in this game. Um, you'd like to see him play, play better offensively moving forward in this series. And he wasn't great either. He had a negative defensive box plus minus. He, um, defensively just, he wasn't great in this game. Um, so yeah, a weird game in game one. You want to see Paul George play play better moving forward. I just want to see Paul George actually come through in the playoffs and play very well. Um, I thought he was solid in the Maverick series. I thought he played played pretty well. Um, but this was a rough game for him. So I want to see him have another another good series here against the Jazz. Um, I don't know who's gonna win after this first game. Um, this is a, a great win for the for the Jazz. I mean, Donovan Mitchell looked incredible. He was just unbelievable in this game. Um, the, some of the shots he hit were unbelievable. Looked super super comfortable with the ball in his hands. His handle was great. Um, the numbers were awesome, and he was efficient. So shout out to Donovan Mitchell. But like I said, it'll be interesting to see where this series goes from here. But I'm gonna move on. Talk about the Nets and their domination of the Milwaukee Bucks in the second round. They've been incredible. Uh, they're up 2-0, and they have been dominant in their two victories. In Game 1, they won 115-107, to and in Game 2, they won 125-86. to Their Game 2 victory was incredible. They dominated the Bucks. Um, but what's really interesting is the four factors. Now, I, talk about, I talked about this a couple of podcasts ago. If you don't know what the four factors are, uh, the four factors are four metrics that are the most important to winning a basketball game. That includes effective field goal percentage, which takes into account um, that threes are worth more than twos. Um, you got turnover rate, offensive rebound rate, and free throws per field goals attempted. And you would think that the Bucks are just dominating all four factors, but they aren't. Uh, they are dominating in effective field goal percentage, and they are winning in the turnover rate battle. Uh, but they're losing the offensive rebound rate battle, and, and they have less free throws per field goals attempted. An interesting look there. Um, they are destroying the Bucks in terms of effective field goal percentage. They have an effective field goal percentage of 58.9%, while the Bucks have an effective field goal percentage of 48.1%. Uh, not great. That, that's terrible for the Bucks. Really good for the Brooklyn Nets. I want to talk about Kevin Durant, who's been spectacular in this series. He's averaging 30.5 points, 7 rebounds, and 4.5 assists with 2.5 stocks and a true shooting percentage of 64.9%. He's shooting 50% from 3. He's been unbelievable. His shot making has been ridiculous, and he looks like a top 5 player in the world right now. Kyrie Irving has been solid as well, averaging 23.5 points, 5 rebounds, and 7 assists on 40, on 54.7% true shooting. 
Not great efficiency, but not awful. Um, Blake Griffin. I want to talk about Blake Griffin because he's been unbelievable in the series. He's been really good. He's averaging 12.5 points, 11 rebounds, and 2 assists to go along with 2 stocks per game um, with a true shooting percentage of 73.5%. He's also shooting 45.5% from 3. That's awesome. Joe Harris and Mike James have been efficient, have been effective coming off uh, as well. Uh, Mike James coming off the bench. Joe Harris is starting. They're, they have combined for 20.5 points per game. Um, though Harris has been way more efficient. His shooting percentage has been much better. The Nets' dominance without James Harden has been awesome to see. And makes me believe that the Nets are definitely winning the title this year. I just don't see how anyone is going to stop them. They're, they have too much talent at the top. Kevin Durant is playing out of his mind. And they have a lot of depth. Blake Griffin's playing well. Joe Harris has been on fire, especially from three-point range. They got a lot, they've had a lot of good performances coming off the bench from guys like Mike James, Langer Shamit, Nicholas Claxton. They've been super good in the playoffs. And when James Harden comes back, they are going to be unbeatable. Now, I want to talk about the Bucks. Giannis, I think Giannis has been pretty good so far in this series. He's averaging 26 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 assists to go along with 1.5 blocks. And he's got a true shooting percentage of 59.9%. Now, his perimeter shooting is still a question mark. He's shooting terribly from 3 and terribly from the free throw line. But he's still been pretty efficient. Um, and he's still putting up pretty good production. Brooke Lopez has been pretty good as well. He's averaging 14.5 points. 5.5 rebounds, and 1.5 assists with a true shooting of 65%. He's shooting 50% from three. He's been really good. The big issue, or my biggest issue, is how Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton have been playing. Drew Holiday is averaging 15 points, 6.5 rebounds, and 4.5 assists with a true shooting percentage of 49.5%. Uh, that's not good at all, and he is shooting 33.3% from three. Now, Chris Middleton has been even worse, averaging 15 points, 9 rebounds, and 2.5 assists with a true shooting percentage of 34.2% and a three-point percentage of 23.1%. Those numbers are really, really bad. Now, I want to look at a stat called Game Score. Game score is a stat that provides a rough measurement for a player's productivity in a game. It's not perfect, but it's a decent stat. Uh, Drew Holiday's game score is 11, or his average game score is 11 in this series, and Chris Middleton's average game score is 4. I want to compare those to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's. Um, or like Kevin Durant has a, an average game score of 23.2 in this series. Kyrie Irving has an average game score of 19.2, and Giannis, his average game score is 17.9. So, as you can see, they have been terrible in this series, and if the Bucks want to come back and make this series competitive, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton have to play better. They just haven't been good at all. Um, they've been terrible shooting the ball uh, from the perimeter. Um, they got to be better, and those are terrible numbers. Well, I know this was a shorter podcast, uh, but I want to try out this kind of format where I don't have as many uh, topics, 
where I'm not talking about so much and where the podcasts are shorter. I want to try out this format, see how it works, and see how y'all like it. That's all I have for today's episode. Thank you for watching. If you want to see more content from The Wire, check out our YouTube channel called The Wire. Um, you can also check out our website at thewiresports.com. And you can see the podcast in video form on our, YouTube on our other YouTube channel called The Wire Podcast. If you want to find these, you can look at my Instagram page at the Ryan McCrary. That is the Ryan, R-Y-A-N, McCrary, M-C-C-R-A-R-Y, all together, no spaces, no uppercase. You can also find me on Twitter, at the Ryan McCrary, the same as my Instagram handle. Um, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see y'all next time. God bless. <laughs>